If you like the Middle-Aged Man Talk podcast, consider giving us your support on Patreon. Hello and welcome to the Middle-Aged Man Talk podcast. I'm your host, Brendan. And I'm your other host, Richard. As always, we are going to eat some Asian snacks and have some good middle-aged man talk. Richard, what are we snacking on tonight? Well, we've got these weird duran fruit. Durian? Durian, duran. Duran, duran. That is the Asian fruit that's been banned from airlines. Yes, for reasons we'll get into later. It smells, but so I've already had these because I got the six box for the mooncakes. These are my leftover mooncakes from the moon festival uh, a few weeks ago. And these ones, you have to heat them up, and they have this yellow filling in them. And let's, let's try them. Okay. There's a certain taste from the 1980s and 90s you might recognize. Well, first I'm going to start off with the smell. The smell is vaguely oniony. I was going to say, I don't get the onion thing. I don't know. Your nose is odd. But <laughs> what I actually thought it was... Remember that uh, banana-flavored antibiotics you'd have as a kid in the 19... 19- yep. Yeah, that. No, I still get a, a lot of onion. There is a certain... Or I, garlic, or... I get the texture you're talking about, but these... um, It's the durian fruit. Yeah. It's that, it's that kind of pervasive garlic-onion texture, but it doesn't have that the bitiness of onion or garlic. No. And it's kind of tastes like... It's got the aftertaste, though. But it tastes like that kind of banana-y antibiotics. Except without the banana flavor. I yes. Can, I can yes. Know. Yeah. It's it's like the whatever ingredients went in to make that mix. It's like everything but the artificial flavoring. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. To wash that down, we we'll move on to the drink. So bubble tea. Go to the bubble tea. Okay. We got bubble tea. Um. It's a. So whenever I can't get to the Asian grocery store at lunchtime, I go there right before coming Richards. I get fresh bubble tea, and Richards drinking a mango juice bubble tea. Yep. And I am drinking a peach um, milk tea. And we have the um, black uh, tapioca pearls. Mmm. Mmm. That's much better than the airline banned fruit. But apparently it's a big thing. They actually warn passengers they can't have it in their carry-ons for, like, airlines traveling from Asia to not Asia. People try to buy it and bring it home to, like, America or Canada. Yeah, I wonder if this is, like, uh, some people can smell the... Certain flavors and some some people can't sort of like with uh, coriander or cilantro. Cilantro, some people, it tastes like soap to them. And um, it, it might be. But what's interesting is the main reason they banned it is not that people are bringing it on board the aircraft. The reason is because people are trying to eat it like as a snack. I said, I have like my Tupperware of durian fruit and they'd open it up and it would just stink up the entire plane. And if it's a plane from Asia coming to North America, I've done this 12, 13 hours, 14 hours, depending on where you are. So Wikipedia says this. Some people regard the durian as having a pleasant sweet fragrance, where others find the aroma overpowering and unpleasant. The smell evokes reactions from deep appreciation to intense disgust, and there has, has been described variously as rotten onions, turpentine, and raw sewage. The persistence of, of its odor, which may linger for, for several days, led certain hotels and public transportation services in Southeast Asia to ban the fruit. So, it's a controversial fruit. The thing is, though, the durian mooncakes, buy again? No. I would also say no, and I've had about three of them total since September, because my family didn't want them. So my, my, my son, he, like, undertook a little slice of his with a knife to try it or something, you know, like, being fancy, yep. and he was like, no. 
or took a bite, like whatever it was. But he had like a little bit of it, and he's like, I, I don't want any more. And he was so excited for mooncakes. I'm like, okay, I'll get the other ones. The funny thing is the best mooncakes I had this year were the ones we had, the Beijing style, the nuts. Those were very nice. It was like a fruitcake inside a Chinese mooncake. It was, uh, I don't know, it's um, good. Yeah. There's, there's nothing comparable in white European food culture to compare it to. That's a good peach. Would you buy again this? Most definitely the bubble tea, definitely. Yeah, bubble tea. All right. So what snack shall we have next? What Let's do see. What do, we, what do we have? We we have Japanese panda chocolate bickies. Mm. Eh. We have a, the 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 tea is really sweet, so maybe something that's not sweet. We have Feast brand flavors of the East, and the flavors is spelt correctly with a U. Egg prata with fish curry potato chips. Egg prata with fish curry. Would you like to try these bizarre chips I got from? TNT in Toronto. Yes, I would actually. All right. These sound very interesting. As long as the fish flavor isn't now, is it the is it the curry that they use on fish, or is it going to taste like fish curry? With yep. potato chips, it's always a question. Potato, vegetable, salt, vegetable powder, spice, herb, sugar, glucose contains permitted flavor enhancers with numbers, anti-caking agent, flavoring, and coloring. There's no eggs in this. There's no fish in this. It's just flavoring. So Permitted flavoring. Permitted flavoring? Permitted flavor enhancer. I'm glad it doesn't have the unpermitted flavor enhancers. There's a sticker, though. They put a sticker on this, which I imagine is for the French and English? Mm-hmm. Anyway. Maybe for the French, because the bag seems to be in English. Prepared and packed in Malaysia for Foodie Drools brand. Foodie in, Drools. Foodie Drools in Singapore. Oh, that's why they spell the U properly. It's Singapore, which is uh, British English. Yes. Oh, I see. And that explains the curry flavor in Chinese because there's a lot of Chinese and a lot of Indian folks in Singapore. Yeah. Got attacked by a chip. I got attacked by a chip. So they smell curry-y. curry 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 Curry-ish. I'm not sure where the fish is. But yeah, this is definitely like a... If you went to like a regular Indian restaurant, you got a something curry, like the beef curry, chicken curry, whatever curry. They don't do fish curry here much in Ontario, Canada. But when I was in New Zealand, I went to this little like you know Indian place in a strip mall, like a little family-owned restaurant, and they had this like crispy curry fish thing. My God, it was wonderful. It reminded me of this crispy fish thing I had in Japan that same year. I got around that year. Now these taste stereotypically curry. This is. I think this is a buy again. I'm going to go out on the limb and say these funny curry chips. No, I think these would be a buy again. Yeah, they're enough different that. Richard's Asian chip mix. We're going to make that eventually. Maybe Christmas time. I'll go and get the different things and we can mix them up. But it tastes different enough. Like a lot of the things we've had, it's kind of like, well, the flavor is not very strong, not very different. And it's just sort of, it's like... The Chinese Lay's. All the Chinese Lay's are kind of... They have that sweetness to them, that underlying sweetness in all the Chinese Lay's, which I find odd. There's no sweetness in these. No. And they're not really salty. I guess there is salt, but these are not particularly salty. Not like a salt and vinegar chip or a... There's definitely salt on them, though. Yeah. It's got a depth of flavor, too. Mm-hmm. It's funny how, like, we're very refined. We're connoisseurs of potato chips from around the world. Mm. <laughs> of all the things to be a connoisseur of, potato chips from around the world. I'm sure there was a time that uh, people treated beer like that. You'd be really pre- considered really pretentious if you were rating different beers, and that's just other than, you know, good and bad. Like this whole craft brewing thing. Uh, 
Yeah, the craft brewing thing is hit and miss because some craft brewing is crap brewing and some craft brewing is amazing and we ran out, we're done for the season. It's like, you. Like, what's funny is there's lots of craft brewing stuff in and around Kingston all because of you because you started a beer club. And how many of the local beer places are because of you or spinoffs from your club? Three? Four? Ish. Yeah. But there's that one that I like that makes that bitter, you know, that, that I like very much. And then I found out they don't make it. They've actually hired the other brewery like, uh, you know, I don't know, not even five minutes away to make it for them. So I went to the other brewery to buy stuff for us one night. I was like, oh, by the way, you guys make the bitter for the other place, right? Oh, yeah, we do that. Do you sell, like, an equivalent here? No, no, we make it exclusively for them. We don't sell one, the same one. I'm like, oh, well, I really like it. It's very excellent. It's my favorite bitter. And they're like, oh, thank you. It's kind of funny, though. Yeah. I wish I could do that. Just set up a brewery and go to, like, all the other different craft breweries. Can you make me one beer this much? Okay, great. I don't make any of my own. Like, wouldn't that be easy to do? There's actually a lot of uh, small market breweries that do that. Gannonakwe brewery, brewery down in Gann. Gannonakers. Why isn't there a strip club in Gannonakwe called Gannonakers? I don't know. That is a missed opportunity. They have a casino, for God's <laughs> sakes. They have a gross, greasy casino with a gross, greasy motels around it. Shouldn't there be a gross, greasy, right-off-the-major-highway strip club called Gannonakers? And it's like one of those like 1960s like Las Vegas like neon lights where the knockers move back and forth. I have given this way too much thought and way too much time on our show. <laughs> so, again, Knockway Brewing Company, when they first started, they only brewed their flagship beer, the Naughty the was it Naughty Otter? The Naughty Otter. Yeah, Naughty Otter. Another great name for a yeah. strip club. And all their other beer was brewed down in Niagara. Oh, really? All in Niagara? Yep. What's that? Seven-hour drive? That seems a bit far, considering there were breweries in the area. There wasn't very many breweries in the area. No big ones yet. Mm. Um, when Gannonakwe started, there was probably just that one, that one in Kingston, the one with the big, the big jugs of beer, the big moonshine jugs of beer. They've been around for a long time. The Kingston Brew Pub. Oh, they've been around for a long, long yeah. time, but they don't make for anyone else. The other one, the other one that's uptown in Kingston, Ontario. The uh, they make the oatmeal stout that's really, really good, and the great big. Like whiskey jug. It's near the McDonald's. When you say uptown, I'm thinking further uptown. Hmm. Up downtown. Old uptown. Yeah. 1970s uptown. Stone City Ales and uh, Gannonakwe Brewing was around before them. Okay. Yeah, because Stone City, they make the best stout. They, don't they stout. make a really good stout, yeah. That's stout. It's it's hard to get a good stout. A lot of places do a lot of a black beer or like a, what is it, a Duncan Knuckle, Dark Knuckle? Um, what is that German word? You know what I mean? Like for like for like a, like a dark German beer. Yeah. Dunkelbach. Dunkelbach, whatever it is. Dunkelbach. The Germans know what it is. They make good beer. Mm-hmm. I can't pronounce their beer, but it's excellent. I love that. I love that Bavarian restaurant in town that has all the good German beers and Austrian beers. And oh, and shout out! We have one fan in Germany. So hey there, German fan. We think you're great. Keep listening. And if you're listening to us to learn English, don't. Best not. <laughs> good luck to you. Good to you. And since you're a regular early fan. If you want to be on the show to our one German fan, I will have you on as a guest if you would like. There's a sincere offer. Just send us a message. And, and Brendan uh, will fly you down here. I will fly you here myself virtually on the internet. <laughs> I will send you a link. I wonder if I know in Germany. I know a number of Germans, family, friends, and whatnot. Do you like white t-shirts? Sure, I guess. Not me. I think they make my nipples look too pointy. Well, you shouldn't wear white after Labor Day or ever. <laughs> oh, okay. The Patriot. This is fly in here. Um, looking for Mike Pence. 
Um, if I see Mike Pence in the corner, I'll be very upset because of the, the debate thing. Remember? No. Uh, the, one of the big debates before the last election, Mike Pence had a fly that landed on his head, this white fly, and he's like talking and being passionate. And all anyone can remember is there was a fly on his head. Just wandering la- around. It, it, oh, it landed on his hair and didn't move. And there's a fly on you. There's a fly on you. You know, you know the Mike Pence fly? No, nope, I missed oh. that. I seem to have missed that. Oh, it was like it was it was the most famous thing Mike Pence ever did, and he was the vice president. He also ah, it doesn't matter. American politics. Um, do you ever get telemarketer calls? Sure, everyone does from time to time. I just tell them th- no, thank you, or hang up the phone. Not me. I get them talking, make them think they're gonna make a sale. Then I try to sell them stuff. How does that go? Those cheap bastards never buy anything. <laughs> what I love doing when I have time is when I get those uh, scams. The uh, your this social is a, your this so- is a felony. Yeah. The police are on their way. They're yeah. on their way. Why would you call me if they're on their way? No, but it's like usually the latest one I've been getting is this is Canada Border Services. We have there's a package delivered to you that has been found to have illegal items in it. Cool. What there is get? a warrant out for your arrest. Press one uh, to speak to a customs agent. It's all recording. It's not a real person. Oh, yes, it is a real person. That's what is a, it? When you press one, that's when you get the real person. Oh, I don't press any numbers because if you press numbers on the phone, someone calls you. You can actually, if you press the right sequence of numbers, give them access to your phone and they can bill your telephone. Um, so what I tell them is, this is what you should tell them is, I have diplomatic immunity. Well, that one, it was just, it was, sometimes I'll keep them talking for a while, but that one, it was, uh, I was pretty busy, so I was like, may I have your badge number, please? And just, click. and she's like, okay, click. I think the best was, was, I, I kept this guy on the phone for like five minutes. I've given you enough of my time. What does your mother think about what you do? Scamming, trying to scam little old people, ladies and that sort of stuff out of their hard-earned dollars. And he hung up the phone, and then 30 seconds later, he calls back. To swear at me, but he w- he couldn't swear in English. So you struck a nerve. Yes, it was like you are a effing stupid, effing stupid. You know, <laughs> he, he yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I've I've heard drunk Japanese guys try to swear to be cool, and they they can't do it. Yeah, one of, our buddy in college, one of his friends, we were all drinking, having a college, you know, drinking party, having beer and playing and goofing around, and this guy was like, "Oh fuck you, fuck you, asshole!" And like that's what. He's like, ah, oh, or you say something awesome or like a joke, and he did not get the difference. Oh wow! There's actually a book uh, that Chris Broad, the the vlogger I like a lot, um, he has a video giving it to one of his old colleagues, a teacher, and it's how to use the word "fuck" for Japanese people to understand the versatility of the word. Yes. Now on to tonight's topic. Trombone in your own time. This is serious podcasting work. Uh, <laughs> so this week we are talking about how Randy Bachman of the Guess Who. If you don't know who Randy Bachman of the Guess Who is, you can stop listening now. No, I'm kidding. Just Google it. Google. We are talking about how Randy Bachman of the Guess Who got his guitar back after it was stolen 45 years ago. It's a uh, 1957. How do you pronounce that? Gretsch 6120 Chet Aiken guitar? I don't know guitars. Gretsch. Gretsch. Anyway, must be German. <laughs> it's it's considered to be for big Guess Who fans like the holy grail of 
guitars, and it was stolen. He used to chain it to a toilet. Like, he'd have it in the case, chain going through the handle to a toilet in the hotel wherever they stayed after a show. And when all the stuff was being moved, it was laid down in one room with all the equipment and all the stuff for, like, five minutes, and someone swiped it. So the short version is of how this actually uh, got found, because you know, he's finally, finally found it, is that a fan, who's, I guess, an IT guy like us, who's a big fan of the Guess Who, he did a facial recognition search. He did a reverse uh, image search. A reverse image search. He did a reverse image search. Basically, he searched the internet for a picture of the guitar, and he found it. But it was more than just a Google search, because however this guy did it, he was also searching like social media sites and all photos, and it, it was more... I think there was more to it than just a, here's a Google search yeah. reverse thing. But anyway, this fan, just a fan, this wasn't like a private eye hired. And probably by now, uh, Bachman probably figured, oh, it's gone. You know what I mean? It's in 45, 45 years. 76, it got swiped. So this fan found it. I don't remember anything from 45 years ago. You don't? Nope. How, how old are you? Toddler? 45. So this fan found it, and it now belongs to a young Japanese girl or youngish Japanese woman in uh, Japan. So Bachman's connected with her and she's going to like trade it back to him for one of his other guitars, which is an equivalent quality or a similar make and model. Um, and she was very happy to do it. And I guess she's a fan because if you have that kind of guitar, you're probably a fan of the guests too. Even if you're like under 30, if you, if you're a guitar player and you have that kind of guitar, you, you gotta be. So anyway, that's kind of lovely. It's a nice like, Oh, 45 years. And then one fan found it. Another fan owns it. And they're going to trade it back. And once COVID's over, he's going to fly to Japan and meet her. And they're going to trade guitars. And because he's a cool guy, probably hang out and play music, which is kind of a dream. If you're a young guitar player and a living legend is like, you have my guitar, I'll trade. Let's hang out. It's great. But what I want us to talk about, what if the person that owned the guitar was like, no, it's mine. I paid for it. I bought it in a store. Because it's probably gone through like a dozen hands or more since 76. Because whoever stole it, sold it. And then they probably sold it to someone else and sold it to someone else and sold it to someone else. And this whole thing has kept you know going on until it found its way halfway around the world in Japan. So, like, what if this person didn't want to? What do you think about that? Like, what's what, what, what's the moral and ethical? Like, legally it's difficult, international. And if it is stolen property, technically it's supposed to be given back to the original owner. But it is something that's been kind of bought and sold, bought and sold. So, the law legal, legally, the law is pretty darn clear on the possession of stolen goods as a crime in North America. Yeah, it's like uh, even if you don't know it's stolen, if you have a receipt for it, you're not going to get in trouble. I bought it at a store. Yes, exactly. You're not going to get in trouble. However, it is still technically illegal to own it. Right, which means you need to surrender it to yes whoever, to the police or, or whatever. Yeah, and this has happened with vehicles and. I read of one case where it happened with a house. How do you steal a house? Oh, was that the one where the guy, was it like he was divorced and he sold the house, but his wife was on the deed or ex-wife was on the deed and he fudged it? Or I can't remember it was a man or woman that sold it. No, this was even weirder than that. The guy, it was his second home and he was on vacation out of the country for like six, seven months. So he had sublet it and the guy he had sublet it to had sublet it again. Okay. That guy sold it. Sold it. He knew enough about retail law to be able to fake the paperwork. Yeah. And he sold it. So this guy comes back from his vacation and goes to check in on his on his house and there's a family living in it. We we bought it. We have a deed. Who are you? No, I own this house. I have a deed. Their lawyer didn't catch on that anything was the real estate agents didn't catch any on that anything was wrong. 
I can believe the real estate agent wouldn't because someone approaches them. I want to sell a house. Can you sell it for yeah. me? I own it. If you produce the paperwork, here's my deed. I owns it. I can't. I, I don't blame the real estate agent, but the lawyer is supposed to do due diligence and do like a title search and do all that kind of stuff. I guess the guy had a fake, had the paperwork for the title. And so he, he basically, instead of the their lawyer doing the title search, this guy provided the title. Or sometimes it happens real estate agents supply their own lawyer or the guy had yep. his own, oh, my lawyer already provided it. Here it is. I bet it sounds, because I mean, like I've, I've only bought a house once. I've only been through that once. Um, I bought another property once and sold it. So I've been through that loop a few times, but you always have a lawyer, and even if the lawyer misses something, or in Canada anyway, you buy title insurance, so whatever you thought you were buying, you actually get. So even if I bought something, and like, I live in suburbia, so like there's fences, it's kind of clear what you're buying, but you live in the country, and what if I actually, oh no, you actually don't own that acre on the end of your property, that belongs to someone else, there was a mix-up, then you'd be compensated through title insurance, going, oh no, you can either get the value of that acre back so you thought you were buying that. And that's kind of what would happen. They, or it would be sorted out one way or the other. The person that actually owns it gets paid for it, then you get to keep it, or whatever. So, But what this reminded me of was was actually some of the artwork in the law cases. Um, so the artwork that the Nazis took from Jewish families, there was, there was that movie, Ryan Reynolds uh, did it recently, um... Uh, what's it called? The woman in the something, the whatever. But it doesn't matter. The golden something. The golden... That's not right. Shower. The golden shower. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, I don't think that was a Ryan Reynolds movie. I think that was a different film you may have enjoyed. Or not enjoyed. I don't really want to know. I don't need to know. You know, a lot of these Jewish families, the people who survived the war, that, well, where's my family's wealth? Where's our art? It's all stolen. Where is it? And then decades later, it starts turning up in museums or it's recovered or was found hidden somewhere. And then it goes to the government and the government gives it to a museum and maybe someone's bought it or sold it or whatever happens. And like, no, no, legally it's mine. It was my family's and it was stolen. And, you know, it gets returned back. It should be returned back because it was theirs originally. You know, so that's um, that's kind of why I think about this guitar thing. But I mean, it's nice how it worked out. But I do kind of feel that like if this was someone in another country overseas, it was like, no, it's mine. Deal you with it. You, you wouldn't have much. Uh, what are you going to do? Well, especially if the person bought it in Japan from a store in Japan who imported it legally from maybe a place in Canada or who knows. It would be very difficult to prove that it was actually yours without authorities actually getting involved. And for a guitar. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like it's a bunch of bearer bonds and millions of dollars. It's a guitar. It's also some rich, famous guy. So, yeah. like, he has enough guitars, doesn't he? So, uh, I'm sure he reported it stolen, but if he didn't report it stolen... Oh, he did. It was a yeah. big deal because, like, a lot of the, the top songs, the guests who wrote way back when, their, their initial, like, all their big hits, he wrote them on that guitar. This is, like, a piece of guess who history, right? That, like, these songs were written on it. Uh, on that guitar and figured out and tinkered with. Um, so that's why he had it chained up to a toilet because this guitar meant everything to him. It was so important to him. He had it before he made it and that it was gone, but now he's getting it back. So, I mean, it's, it's a nice end, but it's a bit it's a bit odd. Anyway, shall we talk about a classic comedy sketch? Sure. Do you remember, this is going way back in the past, early SNL days, do you remember John Belushi's Little Chocolate Donuts? Uh, vaguely. Do you remember the Wheaties commercials or the old Wheaties commercials where like they had like the Olympic athlete? I eat Wheaties every day to keep me strong. Yep. So it's John Belushi with a cereal, and the cereal is little chocolate donuts. I eat a bowl of little chocolate donuts every day to give me the energy I need. 
And you see him doing all these Olympic things, like running in a track and the pole vault and all this kind of stuff. And while he's, like, talking about it, while he's having his breakfast, eating little chocolate donuts, he has a cigarette in his hand the whole time with an ashtray. Ah, yes, little chocolate donuts. Mmm. Well, that's it for tonight. Please let us know what you think about tonight's topic, which was Randy Bachman from the Guess Who getting his guitar back. If you can, please take a moment to share, like, subscribe, thumbs up button. If you've already supported us on Patreon, thank you very much. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. All right. That's that's a good wrap. That's a good show. Uh, I hope they got the person in Germany likes it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Middle-aged man talk. Thank you so much for listening. Please check us out on Patreon. (laughs) Woof.